Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. All right, full coverage coming up later on this hour of the chaos and anger and tears that uh, was seen today at the Los Angeles City Council meeting, which was supposed to begin at 10, but it took a while to bring some sort of order to the thing. And then speakers got up there one by one and vented. They got about a minute each. We'll talk about all this later on this hour. But of course, the headline is none of these three council people who were heard on the leaked audio with their uh, racist comments and their homophobic slurs and whatever else, has actually resigned from the Mm. Los Angeles City Council. None of them. Even after this morning, I wondered if, uh, you know, they were going to, by afternoon, say, okay, I give up. Everybody's screaming for our heads. Let's get out of here. They want the money. Like you said, they have no other jobs. They they have no other jobs. They can't be hired anywhere. No. No. Uh, I don't think Nori Martinez is on the ballot. No, she she's is. not. I don't think DeLeon is either. No, I don't think so. Cedillo's so, out already, though. He's right. already lost in the primary. He's only got two and a half months left, so it really doesn't matter if he resigns or not. Right. Um, All right. Now we turn our attention to a story from a couple of months ago, and that was the announcement by the L.A. County Registrar of Voters that the effort to recall L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon had failed, did not reach the number of signatures needed to qualify it for the ballot. Let's get Steve Coulion, the former Los Angeles district attorney who was one of the leaders of this recall movement. Uh, Steve, welcome. How are you? Uh, Steve, can you hear us? Oh, we are in cell phone hell, aren't we? Yes. Oh, he's in bad, bad cell. Uh, I can hear you now. Yes. Talk again. Sorry about that, guys. That's okay. Uh, talk to us about uh, what, what your findings yeah, are. Yeah, this legal challenge. Right? Uh, yeah, what's the legal challenge? Uh, All right. Hang on. Uh, Come on, screeners. Do your job, fool. 
Rule Make sure one. they're in a good cell area. That's right. Rule number one with cell phones. I know. Make sure. Maybe, they... you know, maybe Steve moved after he, I don't know. Yeah, I know. He's a busy guy, so. We're going to try again now. Steve, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Stay still. Right. Don't move anywhere. I won't move. <laughs> no, this isn't working. Oh, God. What is this? Before he starts cursing, I'll <laughs> hang up on him. <laughs> All right, we'll try to Before reconnect. I start cursing. <laughs> um, we'll give you the headline here. The claims are that they have uncovered evidence that valid names were rejected. And we talked about this a bit yesterday at the end of the show. And then another thing, voter rolls were inflated. All right, so valid names rejected. And that's what I wanted to ask Steve about because when we got this bad news a couple of months ago, the bulk of the signatures rejected were just people who were not registered to vote either not at all or not in L.A. County. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And now this other claim, which I think is a pretty good one, because we've heard that L.A. County is particularly guilty of having people on the voter rolls who don't belong there. They either died, moved. That's what they mean by inflated voter rolls. And that affects the number of signatures that they had to gather to get this recall on the ballot. So that's how the issues tie in. Well, in a city of 4 million people, you have many, many thousands of people moving in, moving out, dying. No, it's being, a county of 10 million. Count, a county of 10 million people, I should say. Yeah, you've got even, well, even more so. You have you have some tens of thousands of people moving out every year. Uh, many, many people dying. And, and, I'm and this sure- has actually been a court case before. They were ordered, I thought, to, uh, to pair the roles. All right, let's get Steve on. Steve, how you doing? I'm doing great. Hope you can hear me now. Yes, I can. Uh, give us the outline of the case that you're bringing uh, against the registrar's office. We have some very fine lawyers who are going to be filing suit uh, either Thursday or Friday or early next week. And design the registrar quarter to allow the volunteers we have down there an opportunity to meaningfully review the invalidated signatures. We need more access uh, across the board in terms of days week number of stations uh, to review at, and also uh, a, a time each day allocated to the process. I am convinced, and I don't bring charges, as you guys know, I am convinced that based upon initial findings there and word, more than enough valid signatures for a recall to have been certified. I have I looked at the preliminary data. I've looked at uh, estimates from experts, and it's there. Um, and all we want is a chance to gather evidence and present that to a judge. Are they required to give you the access and the time to examine the signatures to make your case, or can they stonewall you legally? Stonewalling uh, uh, totally or just killing us without cutting us with a thousand cuts uh, because they're throwing in the way they're not allowing enough stations where people can actually do the reviews uh, of the records they're not allowing enough days in the week should be five not three no hours in the day and they data which is public record stuff that they could turn over so our analysts could more easily identify those signatures that were invalidated that were indeed valid. Our primary uh, 
efforts suggest that there are signatures uh, that uh, were valid, and they counted, and this matter should have been certified. It is really a disgrace. Yeah, well, but here's my question. I just want to clarify my question a little more. I understand what they should do, and I understand how they're slowing the process down, making it difficult. Are they required by law at all to give you more access, to give you more time, to make it as easy as possible? Is there any requirement that said they must do this, or are they legally allowed to throw all kinds of uh, wrenches in the system? Under the voters bill, they should allow complete and reasonable access. This registrar reform uh, is not allowing that. They are within their discretion, but they're abusing their discretion, and they are hurting the process. I think they know we are honest, and we are going to expose uh, something between their wanton disregard of their duty uh, or total ineptness, and they want to uh, have us go away. Well, we're not going to go away. Just give us the access. If you're not going to give it to us, we're going to we're going to order you to give it to us. All right. The other part That's of this, plan. the other part of this is how many registered voters are there in LA County? Yeah, and, inflated rolls. If the rolls are inflated, then that means the number of signatures you need on the petitions are also much higher. It's a proportional percentage. According to this story in the LA Daily News, independent nonpartisan data analysts have estimated that LA County voter rolls are artificially inflated by at least 208,000, possibly as many as 515,000. These people primarily are those who died or have moved away. Um, what, what information do you have on this? That's exactly the information that analysts have come up with. Uh, they've been doing this for me. They started. They have been applying certain computer programs to actually come up with these. Voters that should not be on the voting rolls are in those all right. Well, yeah, I think we got the idea here, Steve, but we're having a, a lot of bad breakups. It's a really bad cell connection. Yeah, uh, sorry about that. As this progresses, though, we'll definitely have Steve back on. Right, because now they have two causes that they're throwing out signatures they shouldn't have, and including people that were properly registered. And there was something uh, also about the way the signatures. Well, anyway, it's a combination of reasons. And then the new one is if the L.A. County voter rolls are inflated, then the number of valid signatures they had to collect would be lower if they threw out the uh, no-good registered voters. We'll talk more. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All right, coming up as soon as we come back after the news at 4.30, we do have lots of audio to play. It was uh, quite a gathering today at the L.A. City Council, the chambers. As we told you yesterday, we knew a lot of people and media would show up to see what happens with the three L.A. City Council members who are under fire for their comments made at a meeting they had with the president of a powerful union, the L.A. County Federation of Labor. They did not know they were being recorded. We still haven't learned how this happened, but it was at the Federation's offices about a year ago. And in those conversations, which was about redistricting, there were some things said that were, wow, really inflammatory, racially charged. In fact, uh, just today, the L.A. Times had... uh more comments. Uh, Nuri Martinez making uh, crude comments about Jews and Armenians. 
Oh, with right, a, with a new a, one to throw with in. A, yes, with a, uh, a new um, epithet I hadn't heard before, too. And what I had heard, that there was something about Asian people, too, but I didn't Asian get that. Asian people, huh? Yeah, I, I, I saw that in the list somewhere. We'll have to dig that one out, I don't too. Know. Did I don't they know. say something about Koreans? Because they were discussing Koreatown for a while. But that was the Oaxacan population. Right, the Oaxacan sure. population. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they thought they were Asian. I Maybe I could. I mean, I'll see if I can. I, by the way, the recording was a lot longer than, you know, the excerpts and everything that we oh, had. Yeah, yeah. They were, I think it was 90 minutes they were in there talking or something like that uh, is what I've read. Yes, they were in for, yeah, because it was a real heavy-duty meeting about redrawing the district lines. What What I'm waiting for is... If there are more tapes, because this is just a guess of mine. But logic says that whoever did this wanted to catch them, right? Maybe catching them redistricting or catch them saying foul things or both. Or maybe maybe all the foul things they said was a bonus surprise. They were really after the redistricting plot. Well, maybe this person always records them, but this is the one that right, right. is the catchiest. Now, this the guy, the recorder... They have dozens of these because, every, you know, you could buy a little minuscule recorder. It doesn't even have to be a phone. You could just have a little black, you know. Yeah, it's a little device you can just. A little device that you could hide anywhere. And you could hide it under the table or you glue it under the table. No one's ever going to know. So what if he's got a whole library of this stuff and he just parcels it out every week or so with another bombshell and another bombshell? Because I think these people talk like this all the time. And I think... Why do you every... think, though, he waited a year, he or she, whoever well, recorded this, waited a know. year to... before they posted it on Reddit of all places? To upend, upend the re election? You notice they didn't even go to any major media outlet? No. They just posted it on Reddit? Right, yeah. It was like lighting the fuse of a bomb. <laughs> I'll see, see who notices this, That's right? right? Yeah, well, I mean... And then it got taken down, right? Uh, yes. I, I, but before I, that could happen, I guess, uh, some media outlets grab the audio. Yeah, which is the way this stuff is done in order to not leave fingerprints behind. All right, we'll get into all of this after 4.30. And yes, we will pay, play for you a lot of the audio, including Mike Bonin, who really had his moment there because he was the first city council member to speak after the introductions by the person that's sitting in for the city council president. That's the councilman Mitchell Farrell. Comes up after the news. At 4.30. Yesterday, we mentioned that the Harvey Weinstein L.A. trial for sex assault is uh, they're in jury selection now. It may start in a couple of weeks. There are uh, five main accusers, one of them, Jane Doe, number four, to our surprise, is Jennifer Seibel Newsom. I'm sorry, John says I can only call her Jennifer right, You have Newsom. to pick Jennifer Newsom or Jennifer Seibel, one of the two. Okay. Anyway. Uh, Newsom's wife is Jane Doe number four. Not a lot of details come out about her exact claim. It's the usual. I came to a hotel and before I know it, he wants me to come to his suite and everybody else disappeared. And you can guess because that's kind of the M.O. of Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, I will be. The Jane Doe number four story says that she was raped. Yes. Right. That, that there, There's an essay she wrote in the Huffington Post that we read an excerpt from yesterday, and she uh, is very vague on what happened. But the Jane Doe number four accusation is much more explicit in the court records. And and the, you know, the L.A. Times, for example, thinks that Jane Doe number four is Newsom. Now, one of the first people to reveal an assault claim against Harvey Weinstein 
is the actress Rose McGowan, who, for all I know, may be really unhinged. She said she was assaulted by Weinstein in 1997, and he supposedly paid her $100,000 to prevent her from legal action. But when this story broke in 2017, she was one of the first accusers. Why are we mentioning Rose McGowan? Well, I guess we kind of forgot yesterday. But a year ago, well, a little under a year ago, it was all about the Newsom recall. Remember the Newsom recall vote, John? Yeah. I know it's a bad memory, but uh, anyway. Um, Rose McGowan appeared with candidate Larry Elder to claim that Newsom's wife, Jennifer Newsom, attempted to persuade her in 2017 to not go public with her allegations against Weinstein. Now, the response from the Newsom people was, this is a complete fabrication. Basically just an effort at the last minute to get attention for candidate Larry Elder by trotting out Rose McGowan with her claim that Jennifer Newsom tried to dissuade her from going public in 2017. It's, it's, it may be made up by McGowan, but if it's true, it's really odd. If Newsom herself was a victim, why would she be trying to dissuade anybody yeah, because, from going... Because the implication from McGowan was that Weinstein had many protectors in high places, and it seemed that she was implying that Newsom and Newsom's wife were among the protectors. Uh, she said something about uh, on behalf of a Weinstein lawyer. I think his name was like David Boys or something like that. Yeah, David Boys. Yeah, he's yeah. a really big deal lawyer. That that's what Newsom was reaching out on behalf of him to try to prevent her from I don't going know. public. That obviously doesn't add up. I don't know what to make of it. I mean, McGowan is is not wrapped too tight herself, so I don't. I, no, she's gone quiet now, but she was really out there for a couple of years. Uh, with her, not only claims I mean, against I mean, Weinstein, I mean, but the, she said some other strange the, the, things. The Weinstein crowd did try very hard to shut up the accusers. I mean, even Gloria Allred's daughter, Lisa Bloom, was part of that. Yeah, we know that was what was going on in the early stages. Yeah. I mean, Weinstein is and, an incredibly and, wealthy and well, powerful person. Well, Weinstein, so I'm sure he called on everyone he could to make this go away. There are certain people who are powerful, rich enough, famous enough, that they're very effective at terrifying news departments uh, and and plaintiffs into shutting up. The Clintons were great at this. They were great at browbeating editors at newspapers. Newspaper editors would cower whenever the uh, Clintons would call and, and try to get them to tamp down the scandal coverage. And there, there was so much of it. And then Weinstein, the same thing. If there was any bad news regarding his personal life or something about his movies, he would call up and scream bloody murder. And Weinstein always had an ace in the hole to play is that his companies would spend so many millions of dollars on movie advertising that big city papers like the L.A. or New York Times would cave in because they didn't want to lose the business. Or there'd be a threat of some massive lawsuit that the, 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 the newspapers yeah. tie you up and cost you a lot of money and you just don't want to deal with. All right. Well... We don't know if McGowan told the truth about Jennifer Newsom, but I'm pretty sure she was sexually assaulted by Harvey Weinstein. In fact, she tweeted out in 2016 before the whole Me Too thing that she'd been raped by an unnamed studio head. So, and yeah. the fact that she appears to have gotten $100,000. Now, if she's testifying, she's telling the truth. Yeah. This is, is she this telling is. the truth about Jennifer Newsom? Don't know. Yeah. 
All right, coming up next, a crazy day at the L.A. City Council. They tried to hold their meeting, and it got really wild. A lot of people showed up, angry, tears. Talk about it. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Well, we all know if the L.A. City Council decided it was going to hold its regular meeting today, things wouldn't be ordinary, and it was not that way. A huge mob showed up hours before the meeting started, protesting outside that the three L.A. City Council members who were on that recording dissing various people. Remember that recording, and it's uh, Nuri Martinez, Gil Cedillo, and Kevin DeLeon. The only thing that's happened is Nuri Martinez resigned as City Council president, not from the City Council. Some of the media further away from L.A. is getting that wrong. Secondly... She uh, took a leave of absence. The other two just, showed up today, but they left because uh, they knew right. it was too so hot there. I'm big on first reactions here and, and, and the first lies that come out of somebody's mouth or the first evasion. Notice the first action is not to resign. They don't think what they did is worthy of giving up their jobs, which pay a lot of money in salary and benefits and pensions. There are a lot of perks a lot of slush funds, a lot of political donations under the table. So this this, this is the big time. They will never have a job like this for the rest of their lives. This is the most lucrative thing that they're going to get. The LA City Council is some of the top pay in the country for that yep. kind of position. Yeah, it is. So th- that's why they're not giving it up. Sometimes, I think only the Board of Supervisors might be better. Sometimes, you know, we think of politicians as disposable, interchangeable, right? They come, they go. But for them... This is, this is how they earn a living. And for most of them, there is no other way for them to earn a living. And that's why here in oh, California. Yeah, you look at Nuri Martinez's backgrounds with nonprofits and environmental groups. Right. We're going to make a big living doing that. No, no. And that's why they bounce from you know, the, the state assembly to the state senate to the L.A. County supervisors to the L.A. City Council. Uh, you know, And they end up on various commissions and, and state boards. The only way for them to make a six-figure salary is by having some nonsense job in government. And that is the heart of this. The, the, the reason they were having that discussion was to carve up the district map to make themselves more powerful and make the black council members less powerful. It was about them. They have no interest in your life. And actually watching all these people lined up and screaming and yelling and shaking their fists, I thought, you know what? The whole lot of you pathetic. You actually feel betrayed. You actually invested in this people. You really think on there's one day in the world that they give any thought to you? Do you really think that? The only reason any of these uh, frauds sit down and meet with these community leaders is they want to manipulate you in order to get your support and money so that they can keep their lucrative positions. But they don't actually care about your life, and they don't want to make anything better. And I, I'm looking at people who had the time, you know, at, at 11 o'clock in the morning to stand in at City Hall screaming and cursing. And I'm thinking, boy, what's the unemployment rate with this crowd here? Who's got time to I do think this? a lot of them are the ones that show up for any kind of issue yes. that they're worked up over. Yeah. I mean, some of the audio we're going to play, we recognized a couple of these people. Uh, by the uh, way, a lot of pastors. And I guess, you know, I was thinking, yeah, I guess you're right. Pastors really have nothing to do in the middle of the day, do they? <laughs> kind of a downtime. No services? No, no services, morning, evening, I mean, you know, middle of the day. Not so much yeah. going on. About a, one more pastor comes up and starts talking about healing. 
Yeah, the word healing. Really? Are you so fragile about your identity that three crooked politicians on a year-old recording throwing around all kinds of racial slurs really destroy you emotionally so much? What do you expect out of these people? See, I have no expectations. I know they're hateful criminals. I know they're yeah. hateful racist criminals. I mean, how do you... But their colleagues know? on the city council thought they were uh, compadres, thought they were uh, colleagues. We're working together, right? Oh, how foolish is that? I didn't know you thought this about me behind my back. Yeah, well, I wonder what the other ones say about these three behind Remember, my back. Remember, keep pointing this out. This, as John just said, was about redistricting. And these three really felt like they were power players along with this big union honcho they were meeting with. They were sitting there. And because with this woke Democrat crowd, everything is tribal. It's about race, ethnicity. So a lot of the discussion is how to carve up the districts for who and for what racial component. And, and, and particularly for this crowd, they wanted Latinos to get more seats. Right. That was important. And them. they all use the woke philosophy in order to intimidate and shut up opposition. Because every time they get criticized, they can say, well, you're just racist. You're homophobic. You're xenophobic. You, you just are anti-black, anti-Hispanic, whatever it is, right? The whole, but the whole purpose of constantly shouting that is to deflect all criticism, to shut down all conversation. And then they go back behind closed doors and carve up the city to their own benefit. Uh, as you mentioned, the El Segundo Times has posted another story about this uh, leaked audio and it concerns uh, Nuri Martinez making crude remarks about Jewish people and Armenians. Now, this is on top of what she said about black people and Oaxacans. She, she calls uh, Jewish people Judios. Which means Jews in Spanish. Yeah, I never heard that. The I... Judios cut their deal with South L.A., and that's, again, a reference to the districts and how they're drawn. They're going to screw everybody else. This is uh, an old familiar name to the John and Ken show. Former state assemblyman Richard Katz. He is on the redistricting commission. It's a 21 member commission. He was appointed by city councilman Bob Blumenfield. And I, I, I guess he's Jewish. So she's referring to him and what he's doing on the on the board. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. She was responding to former L.A. County Federation of Labor President Ron Herrera, who concluded, I'm sure Katz and his crew have an agenda. And I guess that was somehow to carve out a district with a heavy Jewish population. I guess that's what that meant. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. And Martinez says they're going to screw everybody else. Right. And then there's this interesting uh, Armenian discussion. There is an assemblyman named Adrin Nazarian. And it's Adrian. Adrian? Okay. Yeah, I think it's Adrian Nazarian. All right. And he was being groomed to replace Paul Krikorian, who is a council member, first Armenian-American to ever be elected to public office in Los Angeles. And Martinez talking back Krikorian, saying he wants to get his guy elected, meaning Adrian Nazarian. So he needs a district that Nazarian could win it. That's what they want. They want to assure, they want to be assured, uh, not an Armenian district in the Valley, because that doesn't exist, but as many Armenians in that district as possible to play. Again, that's about drawing the boundaries. Where is the Armenian population? See if you can get enough in there for this guy to win. And then that's what they're up to. And then later on, Martinez described Nazarian as the guy with one eyebrow. Oh. When Nuri Mar Martinez asked what his last name was, DeLeon said, it ends in I-A-N, I bet you. 
Yeah, she said she didn't know whether or not Nazarian could get elected in, quote, a pretty white district. Now, I don't think Adrian gets elected. If a white, a reputable white businesswoman was in that district, it's still pretty white, but that's on them. I'm not I'm not cutting a deal with anybody because I don't know. I don't know that he can win. Right. So she's in, she's not going to make some uh, uh, some concession to Parker Corian just to get his guy elected because she doesn't he think may he may not win. That's right. 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 This wow. is all they do. They all they do is they look at people's skin color and ethnicities and decide that uh, that's how all the voting is going to go. And uh, so they'll, they'll make their plan accordingly here on how to screw the other ethnicities and the other races. All right. When we come back, we'll begin playing some of the audio that came out of this L.A. City Council meeting today, which got delayed quite a while because of the chaos and the anger. Most people just yelling resign, sometimes with expletives. Uh, we'll bring it to you. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Yeah. Oh, just for the record, Ray texted me this earlier today. 24 people picked Angela Lansbury in the Ghoul Pool 2022 for the John and Ken show. That's a that's a pretty high number. She did pass away at the age of 96. So well, one point, probably people have picked her for years. <laughs> one point for all of you. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing that I notice about the world in general, you can see people living longer. How many times have I looked at obituaries? People are 97, 96, mm-hmm. 98. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It used to be they'd be a 78 or 80. Or... Oh, my God. Imagine, I know that bothers you. Imagine being 97. Well, when was the last time you met somebody who was 97? I think Dick Van Dyke is 97, and he still right. kind of strolls he, around. He's the one guy having fun. That's exactly my point. Every time you see him, it's like, oh, my God, look at, look at it. Look how active he is at 97. It's like, yeah, he's the only one. All right, uh, we're going to start playing the audio. The the craziness today at the L.A. City Council Chambers. They did have their usual Tuesday meeting. It comes just a couple of days after the news broke about the leaked audio involving three council members, the council president, Nuri Martinez, good old Gil Cedillo, and Kevin DeLeon, dissing everybody as they talked about redistricting with a powerful labor union president who, by the way, resigned last night. Because basically, his union told him to get out. <laughs> really didn't have any choice. Yeah. And Nuri Martinez is just taking a leave of absence, and the other two haven't said anything. They showed up today and left, but uh, as we as of, we're talking right now, they're still hanging on to their uh, positions. Uh, so we'll start with the member of the city council that spoke first, and it's, I guess, understandable. It's Mike Bonin, because of all the people dissed on this audio recording, uh, picking on his son yeah well probably was really awful this is what sent the whole story into the stratosphere yeah i think it pick it on a little three-year-old kid because specifically because of his color yeah it was uh and and then and then how many times have they had this conversation where it wasn't recorded right yeah right that's 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 the lesson because it just sounds like it's something familiar to them the way they're talking about it's like yeah that kid acted up on the parade float that guy and that's the point i wanted to make before the first thing nuri martinez did with her apology was lie and say well it was just a heated moment f f that it was not a heated moment. no it's so offhanded you can tell oh that is such a lie that that really shows you what a what a uh i was going to call her a bad word but uh, <laughs> oh, good. Then you'll be in the news. She, and then I'll be in the news. Yeah, no, that, that's because that's what she is. She's you got just, anything Polish she can spew. <laughs> that, you know, this is what's funny. When I was a kid, Polish jokes were really common. And I just never remember getting upset about it. 
I just I don't have that gene in me. I just I never got offended. Nah, I, it wasn't really common for people to be offended back then. <laughs> no, I know, but that's the thing. It's like it's because there was, there was a lot of ethnic people that grew up in my town, and there were Italian jokes, and there were Irish jokes, and there were Polish jokes, and whatnot, and uh, Jewish jokes. And I just that was just part of life, and nobody got mad. Kids would just tell them to each other, and yeah. we'd all laugh. But no, not anymore. Funny. There's no laughter. I don't know. I hung out with a diverse group, but I don't remember making jokes about anybody's ethnicity. Maybe. Well, I grew up blue collar. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah, so. Your, your dad wore a button-down shirt to work. Big difference. So blue collar people like to put each other down. Yes. <laughs> they do. They can find any advantage. Right. And if it's race, they'll use it, right? Yeah, but we, we, we had an all-white town. Oh. All right, so you have to go with the European races. Senate. That's right. So it was the uh, Europe, European. The Poles, uh, the Italians, the Irish. That's right. They, they were on there with the... the, the uh, Those are the three that were picked on back then. Well, right, because the Wasps and the Germans were on top. I see. All right, well, we'll start with Mike Bonin, who got pretty emotional when he took to the microphone to, uh, well, here he is saying his piece. It kills us to know this is going to happen a lot sooner than, than we like when he does a Google search. And he reads the actual words that were said. You know, and it's not my place to forgive the slurs and, and the treatment of the Oaxacano community or the API community or the Jewish community. It's not my place to forgive the coded comments against the gay community or forgive the overwhelming, casual, joyful anti-black raceness of the entire conversation. Joyful. And it's not my place to forgive that coordinated effort to disenfranchise all these communities and, and all these people. Now, don't get me wrong. I, 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 want, I, I want to be able to forgive the offenses against me and my family. And I, I want to lead with, with love and uh, generosity and, and model the world we need to create. And I promise you I'll try. You know what? I, it, it's really hard for me to sit and listen to him. And I, I'm holding back. I mean, the thought bubble in my head is different than what I'm going to express. Um, <laughs> oh, darn. I'm going to see I'm, if I can read the bubble. I'm going to express part of what I'm thinking, not all of it. And I, I understand it's, it's very, very hurtful that his kid was uh, attacked like this publicly. Um, but he's, he's, he's done so much damage wantonly to other people's lives with his policies on the West side. And he's been brutally rude to so many people who've tried to come to him and say, Hey Mike, can you make life better? And, and you know, it, 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 there, there need, there always should have been some way, some way to get, to get, get him out of office. Uh, and and it, it's just hard for him to talk about the sensitivity and how he wants to make this place a better world. And this is what he worked for because he didn't. He made his district much worse. And a lot of people were in, were in a lot of pain and a lot of fear. And there's been a lot of death uh, from from all the criminals allowed to run amok. I don't think it's an accident amok. that he got picked on by these three because no. I don't think he's liked by his fellow council members. No. Because he is abrasive. Oh, he admitted that up front. He says, I probably brought a lot of this on. But then it veered into his son, and that gave him the moral high ground. You know, that's he does. Just, I mean, you can't take that from him because of what happened. But it's hard to feel a lot of sympathy, but, too, because well, of uh, my personal yeah. feelings about him and his personality and 
just his manner. Yeah. And I, to me, there was a little bit of soaking this in. That's just how I looked at it today when I heard him. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of was the message from uh, uh, DeLeon and Nuri Martinez and, and Cedillo is that he likes to posture and that he likes to virtue signal. Yes. Of course, they took it too far and they accused him of using his son as a way of posturing and virtue signaling. And I remember even when they were attempting the recall against him, he even seemed sort of proud of that. He likes to kind of be the victim. Mm-hmm. They're trying to recall me. The John and Ken show yeah. when they were their proponents. So I'm just mean, kind of living that up. You know, I'll 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 sympathize with him to the point that it's his son, but you know, the the other ninety nine percent of his existence uh has just been horrific as far as the people on the west side are concerned. All right, when we come back, we'll play the clip where he curses, apparently drops a yeah. Uh, and he actually takes one of the words from the recording and uses it in a context. That's Mike Bonin we're talking about. More coming up. KFI AM640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms if a new house is on your wish list in the next five years grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an ohio homebuyer plus account from kemba financial credit union a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn seven percent apy a five hundred dollar matching bonus and a fifteen hundred dollar mortgage closing cost credit learn more at kemba.org offer expires march 31st 2025 apy equals annual percentage yield restrictions apply nmls 292230 equal housing lender federally insured by ncua Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.